0: Well, good morning again. We're in a series called Know the Why, and before I get into the message, I just want to give you a, a, a heads-up to prepare. We're going to be doing communion this morning. The Bible calls it the Lord's Supper. So at some point, get your cracker, piece of bread, your juice, whatever you're going to use, and then at the end of my message, I'm going to lead you in communion. So this morning's message is called Clear Conscience. Years ago, I read in a book called "Right." from wrong by josh mcdowell he he wrote only 15 percent of church youth disagree with the statement and here's the statement what is right for one person in a given situation might not be right for another person who encounters the same situation in other words 85 percent of unchurched kids are liable to reason and i'll quote just because it's wrong for you doesn't mean it's wrong for me And their idea of this distinction between right and wrong is fluid. Something, Josh McDowell says, that is subject to change. Something that is relative and personal, not constant and universal. So there's this unclearness, this ambiguity about right from wrong. And listen, God's Word gives us some clear instruction on how to live a life that is a life pleasing to God and righteous we're in Romans in a study called know the why and back in the beginning in Romans chapter 1 Paul gave this evidence of eagerness to preach the gospel and he said I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes and so Paul the Apostle is compelled to preach the gospel and by the way it's the gospel of Jesus Christ that the need the world needs desperately right now it's the biggest need right now and and paul took pride in the gospel rightfully so because it's the gospel is exactly what we need now here's a big takeaway and i wrote this in my notes in the gospel god has found a way to condemn our sin and destroy it without destroying us and and listen He's found a way to destroy sin without destroying us, and no man can do that except the man, Jesus Christ, because Jesus was 100% man and 100% God. So when we want to correct evildoers in our society now, we'll punish them by putting them in prison, or if we feel like they're going to be harmful to society or worse, sometimes uh, we'll have that person's life taken. But listen, God doesn't do that. Uh, Jesus is at the center and the heart of the gospel. And what he does is he changes the hearts of people. So this message title this morning is called Clear Conscience. It's called Clear Conscience. God has provided a way for us, you and I, to have a clear conscience. And it's through Jesus Christ. Uh, The problem is, is so many people fool themselves thinking that they're okay Uh, They may or may not believe in God, but they think that they're okay, and they think that they have a clear conscience, and we'll see in God's Word here that that's not necessarily true according to God's standards. So in our text this morning, it it stresses whether a person uh, that has access to God's Word is okay, and the person who doesn't have access to God's Word, how do they stand in light of God's judgment? So we pick up... In Romans chapter 2 this morning starting with verse 12 and we see a description of two types of people who resist the truth starting with verse 12 Romans chapter 2 for all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law and all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law for it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God but the doers of the law Who will be justified so the first group of individuals that paul is addressing is what i would call the unenlightened pagan it's that individual who doesn't have a concept of the gospel of jesus christ maybe they've never heard of it when you think of that particular group of people i think a lot of us automatically go to some deserted place in the middle or interior of a jungle uh, a group of tribal people who have never uh, heard the gospel and never have seen technology or the modern world. And yet, I want you to know there are people today, in our cities today, that have never heard the gospel. Years ago, I was on my way from Menifee to uh, Riverside to a, a pastor's meeting with a group of pastors. And, uh, and I had somebody with me, and and in the car in the passenger seat and we decided to pick up lunch so we we uh, pulled off the side of the freeway and there was a mcdonald's and we went into the mcdonald's but as i was going into the mcdonald's there was this homeless man and you could tell he was homeless just by his attire and his demeanor and we walked in at the same time i opened the door to mcdonald's and and allowed this guy to go in front of me and he went immediately into the restroom. Well, that's where I went too. I went in there to wash my hands. This man was standing over the sink, cupping water over his face and his hair, and it was like mud coming off of him. And I struck up a conversation with him right there in the restroom in McDonald's, and I said, may I buy you lunch? And he he said, yes. And I said, on one condition. He goes, what's that? And he kind of rolled his eyes. I said, I'd like you to eat lunch with me. And so when he was all done cleaning himself up, I ordered food, he came and sat by myself and my friend. There was the three of us sitting there, and we began to eat. Well, I began to share with this gentleman the gospel, and he looked me in the eye, and I'll never forget this. He looked me in the eye, and his eyes began to water, and he says, I've never heard this before. What he was telling me is he'd never heard that God loved him so much that he sent his son Jesus Christ to die for him to give him life he had never heard the gospel message here's a, a man about the same age as me living on the streets he's homeless in America in California and he's never heard the gospel before and so right then and there over our breakfast at McDonald's he accepted Christ it amazed me. I was, I was taken back by that because so many people haven't heard the truth. And when we think about people who haven't heard the truth, when we think about uh, unenlightened pagans, as I said earlier, I think the common thought is it's somebody from a far land that lives in a jungle or a forgotten area, uh, untouched by other people groups, and yet it could be right in our own cities, people that don't know the Lord, who have never heard the gospel. And so we have this unenlightened individual who has never heard the gospel. And this is a question that I get all the time. Are people who have never heard the truth, who have never heard the gospel, are, are they saved? And, and Paul addresses that. He he uh, addresses it in, in a u- unique way. I'm going to read the same passage that I started out reading out of the English Standard Version. I'm going to read it out of a paraphrase called The Message. Listen to this. It's Romans chapter 2 verses 12 through 13. It says, if you sin without knowing what you're doing, God takes that into account. If you sin without knowing what you're doing, God takes that into account. But if you sin knowing full well what you're doing, that's a different story entirely. Merely hearing God's law is a waste of your time if you don't do what he commands doing not hearing is what makes the difference with God and Paul goes on now and I'm in Romans chapter 2 with four, verse 14 uh, through 16 the Apostle Paul says for when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do what the law requires they are lo- a law to themselves even though they do not have the law they show that they work uh, that the work of the law is written in their hearts paul says while their conscience also bears witness and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them on that day when according to my gospel paul says god judges the secrets of men by jesus christ so paul's saying there's a day coming he's saying a number of things there but he's saying that there's a day coming where god's going to judge even the secret thoughts uh, of men everywhere. In fact, Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, verse 3, therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in private rooms shall be proclaimed on housetops. And and someone might read that and think, well, yes, yeah, that's true. Let your conscience be your guide. But that's a a recipe for unhappiness, letting your conscience be your guide. Because if your conscience hasn't been uh, cleansed by God himself if you haven't experienced a born-again life a changed life then your conscience isn't monitored by the Holy Spirit it's not directed by God Uh, the second group that that Paul mentions or describes here in Romans chapter 2 is what I would call the religious person you may be a religious person maybe somebody that grew up in the church and this is the person who seeks deliverance from the judgment of God by religious practices, by ceremonies, by rituals. And, and, and today you can substitute that title religious person to maybe church member and, and bring it up to date because we here in the American church uh, are kind of under the same condition that Paul describes the religious leaders of his day. I mean, we have the availability of God's Word. The Jews had God's Word. The Jews were God's people. We have God's Word. We have every uh, known translation of the Bible at our disposal. We have it digitally. We're able to worship God fairly freely. Even in the midst of a pandemic, uh, we can worship God with a lot of different creative ways that churches are doing that. And and yet, many times people will uh, think that they're okay with God and they're okay with their eternity, just by the fact that they are a church member. And Romans chapter two, verse seventeen through nineteen speaks to that. But if I call, but if you call yourself a Jew, Paul says, and rely on the law, and boast in God, and know His will, and approve what is excellent, because you are instructed from the law. And if you are sure that you yourself are a guide to the blind and a light to those who are in the darkness, listen to what Paul says. In verse 20, and an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of children, having the law embodiment of knowledge and truth, you then who teach us others, do you not teach yourself? While you preach against stealing, do you steal? And so Paul is hitting that intellectual level with religious leaders and saying, look, you've got the law, you've got God's law, you've got all God's precepts and mandates and all, and yet you're guilty of the very things that you condemn others for. And he goes on to say in verse 22, you who say that one must not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law... Dishonor God by breaking the law, for it is written, The name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. So the Jews, many of them, not all of them, bragged about the law. And and Paul says, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles, among non-Jews. People are turning uh, their backs on God because of the poor testimony of the religious leaders of the day. And yet Paul says, though you claim to have so much and to be so knowledgeable yet you have what you've done is blaspheme God people have turned away from God because of you i wonder how many people in our day and age have been turned away from God because of the testimony of certain christians and how they live their life the things that they do that have soured the hearts of those who maybe were considering and seeking after God yet viewing and witnessing the hypocrisy that they see with many christians has caused them to turn turn away from god we you and i need to take those kinds of things very seriously Um, the gospel is life-changing and there needs to be a life change and see when god comes into your heart through his son jesus christ it, it clears your conscience You can sleep at night. You don't need pills to get to sleep when God's working in your life and He's cleared your conscience, cleared your soul, your spirit, and you're walking with the Lord. And it doesn't mean you're perfect, but it means that you're depending on a Spirit-filled life, walking and hearing from God each and every step of your life. As I stated at the beginning, the title of this message is Clear Conscience. How can you have a clear conscience? How can you and I have a clear conscience? Living in in darkness apart from Christ will not clear your conscience. Living a lie, believing that you have it all together, you've got this facade, everything's going good, everything's going smooth. People see you and they think you've got it all together. That's a facade. It's a lie. It's not reality. That will not clear and keep a clear and clean conscience. It's a life surrendered to Jesus Christ that will clear your conscience. Listen to what Romans says, at Romans chapter 8, what Paul says in Romans 8, verse 1. If I jump ahead to chapter 8, verse 1, it says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Are you in Christ Jesus? There's no condemnation. There's no fear when you're in Christ Jesus. The question is, are you in Christ Jesus Are you in Christ? You see, so many people right now are living in fear. So many people are living in in judgment. So many people are living in a life that is uncertain. And and they're crippled with fear. It's actually crippled them. And I want to tell you this morning, God can take all that distraction, all that fogginess, all all those things that cripple your mind and therefore cripple your life Keep you from doing the things God's called you to do. God has given His Son to set you free. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. How true is that in your life? Are you free in Christ? Or are you bound to the fears that you have? Uh, Are you occupying your mind with stuff that just has burdened you down? Or have you walked, or are you walking in a life? That is, free in Christ. Well, listen, you can't be set free right now. You may be watching this message and you've been in church your whole life. You might even be in ministry, but you're not free in Christ. And I'm talking to you right now. I want to give you an opportunity. Those of you who have been in ministry, those of you who would say, yes, I'm a Christian, I love the Lord, but you've been so burdened down with all the things that are going on right now, and you're not walking in freedom, you don't have peace. If you're honest with yourself, you would declare right now, I, I, yes, Pastor Steve, you're right, I don't have peace. I'm struggling. I believe in the Lord, but I have fear, and it's crippling me. It's debilitating me. I want to pray for you right now. In just a moment, we're going to participate in communion together. Very important sacrament for the church but before we do I want you to prepare for the Lord's Supper the Bible tells us that to take the Lord's Supper serious that it's an, a sacrament that is for the church for Christians only so I want to give you an opportunity to become a, a believer a follower of Christ a Christian and as I stated earlier If you are a Christian, and maybe even in ministry, I want to give you the opportunity to be set free from a lot of the baggage you're carrying right now. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I lift up those who are listening right now and watching this service, God, that you'd intervene in their life and work in their life in such a way as to bring about healing. Father, I want to lift up those who have grown up in the church, those who have been involved in the church, even those who are ministry leaders right now watching who don't have peace, who have burden. Uh, They love you, Lord. They've given their heart to you, but they're not walking in the purpose that you've called them. They're burdened down. God, I pray that you would uh, move in their life right now and lift the burdens that they have. In fact, if I'm praying for you right now, and this is hitting home, would you just say with me, Dear God, lift the burdens that I'm carrying right now. Lift the heaviness I'm carrying right now. And Lord, impart to me the peace that comes from Jesus. Set me free. I pray the blood of Jesus Christ over my entire life, over my thought life, and over all the things that I will be doing in the future. Set me free in Jesus' name. Now those of you who would give your heart to Jesus for the first time or rededicate your life in preparation for communion, Would you invite Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and Savior? You can do that by praying this prayer. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I ask you to forgive me of all of my sin. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you rose from the grave. I now ask you to be my Lord and Savior. Be the master of my life. I will serve you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, listen, if you prayed to receive Christ, if you prayed to rededicate your life to the Lord this morning, or if you prayed for God to heal your heart and lift the burdens that you're experiencing, would you text the word pray to the number that you see on the screen right now? I want to reach out to you and just communicate with you and make sure you're doing well. And also, I want to encourage you uh, in your spiritual walk. But I also want to... uh, Find out if you need a Bible, because I'd love to send you a Bible if you don't have one. Text the word PRAY to the number you see on your screen right now. And I want to welcome you to the family of God. Want to, in just a few moments, we're going to have communion. And before we do, uh, I want to just tell you, Paul's going to come up and lead us in some worship. And that's time for you to prepare for communion. So get bread, a cracker, juice, how, whatever it is that you're going to use for communion and uh, we're going to transition to just preparing our hearts through praise and worship right now and then i'll be back up leading you in communion
1: Place you up with praise. Can you hear it? The sound of heaven touching earth. The sound of heaven touching earth. Our Father, all of heaven, ROSE, your name, sing louder let this place here up with praise can you hear it the sound of heaven touching earth the sound of heaven touching earth. spirit break out break our walls down SPIRIT BREAK OUT, AND HEAVEN COME DOWN. KING JESUS, YOU'RE THE NAME we LIFTING HIGH. YOUR GLORY SHAKING UP THE EARTH AND SKY, REVIVAL. WE WANT TO SEE YOUR KINGDOM HERE WE WANT TO SEE YOUR KINGDOM SPIRIT BREAK OUT BREAK OUR WALLS DOWN SPIRIT BREAK OUT Heaven Come down Our Father All of heaven rose your name Sing louder Let this place erupt with praise Can you hear it The sound of heaven touching earth Sound of heaven, earth.
0: One of the sacraments that uh, Jesus gave to the church is the sacrament of communion, or as the Bible refers to it, the Lord's Supper. We have the evidence of that in the Gospel of Matthew, where Matthew describes the Last Supper, or the institution of the Lord's Supper. In verse 26 of chapter 26 of Matthew, it says, Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and he gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit, of this vine, until the day I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. This was the last time that Jesus had uh, participated with his disciples in the upper room, the Lord's Supper. And so we have the criteria, the bread and the juice, and the bread representing the body of Jesus. In Corinthians, Paul Uh, repeats these words of Christ in the sacrament of communion, the Lord's Supper. And he said that uh, Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks and explained to us that the bread is not the body of Jesus, but it represents the body of Jesus who was given to us. Jesus went to the cross, sacrificed his life for us. So what I'd like you to do right now Whether you have a piece of bread, a wafer like this, or a cracker, would you hold that up and let's give thanks to the Lord. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to commune with you through this sacrament of the Lord's Supper. Lord, we're grateful for the life that you've given us through your Son, Jesus Christ. We'll always remember, we'll never forget that we're saved and we're set set free through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let's partake together. In like manner jesus held up the cup he said this is the cup of the new covenant you and i are under a new covenant established by the blood of jesus christ the blood of jesus is the most powerful force in the universe and so when you're walking as a born again set free believer a follower of jesus christ you're walking in resurrection power and the blood of jesus covers you this is the new covenant covenant of freedom, a covenant of forgiveness of sins, a covenant of eternal life, all through Jesus Christ. So would you hold this cup up and let's pray. Father, we thank you that we can celebrate and honor you by having the Lord's Supper, communing with you, both the bread and the juice. Lord, we thank you for the new covenant established by the blood of Jesus Christ, who gave his life for us, that we may be free. Let's partake. Well, it's been a joy this morning to have communion, the Lord's Supper with with each other. And communing with God is a beautiful thing. God created us to do that. Well, don't go anywhere. Our praise team is going to be back up, and and we're going to worship the Lord. I look forward to seeing you next week as we continue our series called Know the Why.